Hello, and welcome to the weekly worship podcast for Fuquay Arena, United Methodist Church. We think it's important, not just that you listen today, but we would invite you to worship with us today. If you'd like to further engage your faith or the community around you and like to partner with us, uh, please visit our website, fvumc.org, for more information. Also, we'd love to hang out with you on a Sunday morning, whether that's live, online, or in person. Online on Sunday mornings on our website or Facebook page or YouTube channel, you can enjoy the venue with us, which is a worship service crafted for community online, or you can join our live in-person services online at 1010 for our contemporary, 1115 for our traditional. If you'd like to worship in person with us, we have worship at 9 o'clock and 1010 for our contemporary worship services and 1115 for our traditional worship. At the end of the day, we believe that when and where you worship is not nearly as important as that you worship. And so we're so glad to be with you today, worshiping together. Well, hey, everybody, it's great to be together with you today. Um, uh, Last week, uh, I was on vacation with my family. um, And uh, two things today, just to name kind of as a result of that. Uh, The first was... um, I was, uh, we were up in the mountains and just happened to time it beautifully with the explosion of colors uh, with the leaves in the mountains uh, near Boone. And um, I I felt like I walked into an impressionist painting. I was just sort of living in the midst of it. Um, And even among uh, that sort of absolute beauty, uh, the beauty of God's creation, I was uh, also on my phone checking the news and reading about my hometown, uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, um, and just watching some really uh, ugly and brutal moments happen. Um, and, you know, I don't know what the hometown where you grew up was like. Obviously, Raleigh has changed a lot in the last 40 years. But uh, in a lot of ways, while it's a large town, it's still kind of a small town to me. Um, and uh, the shootings that took place uh, happened in neighborhoods where we know friends. Um, I had uh, friends that are part of the Raleigh Police Department who were responding um, it's a section of Greenway, uh, that my siblings, uh, sometimes travel. Um, and so everything felt, you know, felt a little, uh, a little close to home last week and just continued to, to unpack that for myself. I'm sure you do. And, uh, continue to be in prayer, uh, for all the families, uh, who lost, uh, loved ones, including, uh, the parents of the shooter who have in some ways lost two of their kids at once. Um, uh, both of the officers, uh, one killed, um, one, I think, still in the hospital. Uh, it's just, uh, it's heavy and it's hard. And uh, it was interesting to sit between the beauty of God's creation and the brutality of what uh, those of us uh, who have been created by and in the image of God are capable of doing to each other. So um, I would just invite you to continue to be in prayer. Um, obviously, this is this is not something that only happens uh, here in our neck of the woods. It happens all over the place all the time. And sometimes it's a little closer to home and easier to see. Um, but, uh, we, we are called, I think, as, uh, followers of Jesus to be able to hold those two things, uh, those two things together. So, uh, I don't know. I, I know that's not uh, really sort of sermon content for the day, but, uh, it felt, felt like it needed to be said and, um, yeah. So we will continue to pray. Uh, come Lord Jesus, come, uh, how long, O oh Lord? Uh, the other thing uh, from vacation, thank you for giving me that moment. Um, the other thing from uh, vacation uh, this past week, uh, it's uh, I go on vacation with my family. Uh, it's uh, my wife's side of my family. Uh, and this is something that we've done uh, pretty much every fall. I don't always get to go every fall, uh, but was able to go this year, which was nice. Um, and 
we, I think, kind of created this fall vacation opportunity because uh, every time we leave each other's company during our summer vacation together, the holiday season just feels so far away, you know, Thanksgiving and Christmas. And uh, this gives us an excuse to to not have to be so sad <laughs> when we leave uh, and have to go, you know, from July all the way until uh, December when we're back together again. Um, but what was, I think, really sweet for me uh, was uh, my one and two-year-old nephew and niece uh, were there. And uh, they were there with us this summer, but uh, they're getting a little older. And so uh, now I can try to start playing with them and uh uh, my nephew, who's one, uh, laughs a lot, and I think we're going to be friends. My niece is uh, wisely very skeptical of my presence, and I'm just I'm working my way into her good graces slowly. Um, but uh, they were wearing pajamas. Okay, now this is going to get weird for just a second, but hang with me. Um, they're wearing pajamas. Uh, they're wearing clothes that my kids wore, right? Uh, some of which got passed down from uh, my wife's uh, older sister uh, to us, and then now uh, to her her brother. And um, and so there's like multiple, I don't know if it's a generation, all those kids I feel like are in a generation together. It's like multiple age ranges of kids, like segments of my life uh, earlier in the middle and now later. And um, I don't know, it, uh, you know, just just looking at a pair of pajamas, it was amazing to me how how they uh, sort of placed me in a temporal spot. They connected a story, a story of of that family, of our family together. Um, it was like a thread could kind of be pulled, uh, you know, from from one generation to the next. Uh, and as I was listening, um, worshiping online uh, with us last week, um, and was listening to to Hope's good word uh, last week, I, I just I pulled a thread, right, like a pair of pajamas that has been passed down from generation to generation in our spiritual family, you know, over thousands of years. Um, and so I've, I've kind of been reflecting on that. So we're going to go through a lot of scripture really quickly here. Uh, if you're uh, with us sort of watching, uh, worshiping with us uh, in a visual sort of way, uh, we'll try to put the scripture references up there at the bottom of your screen. Uh, if you're listening in, uh, but not watching, um, you know, uh, I'll try to say them out loud for you as well. But I'd like to pull a thread really from almost the very beginning of the Bible to the very end today. Um, and, and I want to do it um, not just because of where we are today, but uh, but primarily because of where we are today. And, and uh, over the course of history, um, our family's spirit, our spiritual family's history, like our spiritual ancestors, um, it, it seems to me that when we find ourselves um, being pressed in on, we find ourselves in times that feel very difficult. Again, this is sort of what we talked about last week, right? Um, after those seasons uh, comes some really unique opportunities, some really, uh, some really good seasons of blessing, and uh, I think that that's. That's a gift to us, right? That uh, that's been passed down from generation to generation, like a pair of of comfy pajamas. Uh, and and in every sort of iteration, we can mark time. Some were thousands and thousands of years ago. Some were, you know, just two thousand years ago. Um, and I think even in our day and time, we can probably see some of these things being true. Um, you know, from grandparents that maybe passed them down to us in some way. Uh, but anyway, I, I just thought it would be fun to to stitch this particular thread together. Um, and watch how I got past. I want to. Uh, I want to start um, by returning to to exile where we were. So this would have been like 500 BC or 600 BC, somewhere in that uh, general vicinity. Um, and we and this is where we were last week, sort of temporally in the history uh, of the scripture that we read from Jeremiah last week. And uh, here is the prophet Isaiah. I'm going to start in uh, chapter 49, uh, verse verse six. 
Uh, and here, God is uh, proclaiming through the voice of Jeremiah that despite the fact that these folks are in exile, they've been ripped away from their home, they're in a strange and foreign place, uh, they feel kicked out, beat down, uh, they're being forced to live uh, a life of servitude in a place that's not their home. And God sort of proclaims to them that they're going to be taken back to Israel, to their hometown, to their home turf, um, and uh, and that life will continue there. Um, and God has a has a really important word through the voice of Isaiah here. Uh, as as the folks are getting excited about what it might like look like to to get home, God says that it's too light a thing that you should be my people, my servant people, um, simply to to raise up the people of Israel, right, the tribes of Jacob, and to uh, to restore the survivors of Israel. It says God says instead, I'm going to give you as a light to the nations, so that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth to the ends of the earth. Now, uh, later Christians are going to point back to this passage absolutely to understand how we not, uh, now some of you may be, uh, you know, uh, Jewish by birth or, or by, by lineage. Uh, I am not. Um, and so I think we Gentiles, that is non-Jewish people, uh, we, we look to these words of God, lo these many years ago as, as a good word for us. Uh, Isaiah continues uh, in, in chapter 52, not that many uh, verses later, um, when he's kind of proclaiming on God's behalf uh, the good news that is before us. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of the messenger who announces peace, who brings good news, who announces salvation, who says to Zion, to the people of God, your God reigns. So it's this really triumphant moment, right? And in the midst of this triumphant moment, um, it's hard maybe sometimes when we're thinking back on it to remember that just before this good news gets announced, these people have been put uh, into a situation that just feels like utter disaster. This is where we were last week. Uh, Hope uh, Hope was talking about like, there are seasons in our life where it feels like nothing good can possibly come out of it. Uh, and yet, even in those moments, God's kind of planting seeds of goodness that will come scattering, goodness like glitter uh, all along the way, even when we can't see it. And we hear Isaiah on behalf of God sort of speaking some of those words. It's too light a thing though, for us to just restore what was. When we bring that back, Something bigger, something more beautiful is going to come to bear. Salvation, not just for you, but to the ends of the earth. Right? So out of this, out of this uh, time of intense pressing comes sort of an unexpected blessing. Right? Uh, my colleagues made fun of me for making that rhyme, but I think it's helpful. It's going to make it easy for us to remember. Out of this time of intense pressing, these people have been pressed together comes an unexpected uh, blessing on the other side of it. And, and again, this isn't the first time we've seen this. If we go all the way back uh, to chapter 12 of Genesis, we see God uh, calling out to Abram and Sarah. And Abram and Sarah, at that point in time, they were the end of their lineage. Their, their family history was over. And God comes and promises a child to them, and that through this child of promise, um, they will have a great family, like a great lineage, the people of Israel that we've just heard Isaiah talk about. Um, and uh, and God says to Abram and Sarah in that moment, uh, "I'm gonna I'm gonna increase your family. I'm gonna make your family grow so that so that as your family grows, uh, not just your family will be blessed, but that your family can help extend my blessing to all the families of the earth." Right, so when Isaiah says these words, uh, when God's words come out of Isaiah's mouth in this particular time and place, it's it's really consistent with the nature and character of God so far over the course, you know, the last fifteen hundred years uh, or so at that point in time. Now, I want to press us forward a little bit here into the New Testament because this pair of pajamas gets passed down again, right? 
And so here we are at uh, chapter 8 of Acts. Uh, Acts is like the history book of the New Testament. So we're in the first 100 years uh, A.D. or uh, in the Common Era, as we tend to say these days. Um, in, and uh, in verse 1, it says that a severe persecution had come up against the church in Jerusalem at that time. Um, and you can, you can hear the pressing here. It says, everyone except the apostles had been scattered throughout the countryside of Judea and Samaria. And it says in verse 3 that Saul was ravaging the church, entering house after house after house, dragging people out and throwing them in prison. And it says in verse 4 that now that those, now, uh, those who were scattered went from place to place proclaiming the word of God. So in this season of pressing for the early followers of Jesus in this early church, in this season of pressing, now we see that they've been scattered. They've been pressed and scattered out into all the places around Jerusalem. And, and we know, just to connect the dots for a second, that as they did, and they were proclaiming the word wherever they went, that's how the church began to grow. That's how Christianity in its early days began passing from person to person and place to place, uh, even before we were called Christians. Uh, the way of Jesus, the, the way uh, following Jesus became uh, sort of the word that people were scattering throughout all these places that they went. Now, those pajamas, if we just follow them a little bit longer, we hear that Saul, the guy who was persecuting the early church, ravaging the church, entering house to house and throwing people in prison. Later, we hear him now having experienced a life transformation that the, the way of Jesus when he was met by the risen Christ uh, on a road from one place to another to continue chasing these folks who were scattered out. Uh, we see that he has a, a transformative experience with Jesus and he becomes a part of the Jesus way uh, and becomes a, a pastor in the early church. And, and not just as he become a pastor in the early church, but as he's writing letters to other Christians and other places as he's trying to minister to them, we hear him use some of the same words that we hear. It's like a throwback uh, to those passages from Isaiah. He's like pointing back to the pajamas of that earlier day. He says, but, but how are all these folks that we're in ministry to, how are they to call on the one in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in one of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone to proclaim him? And how are they to proclaim him unless they are sent? And so now he sends those folks out and he says, go and share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ with, with folks all around the countryside where you are here in Rome. And he says, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Out of these times of, of deep and intense pressure, deep and intense pressing, we see the expansiveness of God's goodness, right? In all the places where that pressing leads us to. I'd like to read just one more passage uh, that Paul writes in a letter uh, to a church of his in a place called Corinth. And this is uh, one of his latter letters um, after a time where he and the church had come at odds and there was a lot of fighting. The church was ripping itself apart at the seams. He says, listen, we're afflicted in every way, uh, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but we are not driven to despair. I'm in uh, 2 Corinthians 4. Uh, uh, verse uh, 9 here, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying in our bodies the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be visible in our bodies. This is in time of intense pressing, he says. It's a time of intense pressing, but he goes on. I have hope. I have the same spirit of faith that's been passed down over and over and over again, like a pair of comfy pajamas, he says. 
So I know for with great confidence, and here I am in, in, in chapter, same chapter, verse 15. Yes, everything, everything, all of this pressing is for your sake so that grace, the unearned love of God at work in our lives, the love that transforms us, so that grace, as it extends, as it spreads more and more to more and more people, may increase the thanksgiving that we offer to the glory of God. Over and over again, this gift all the way from the very beginning of Scripture to the very end, and I think from the very end of Scripture into our everyday, ordinary walking around lives, this pair of pajamas gets passed down from one generation uh, to the next. We can mark the times by looking sort of through our family's history together, but the same nature, the same character, the same goodness of God has been at work through it all and out of times of intense pressing come unexpected blessings. I, I heard a um, like a consultant type talk about it this way one time. It was really, really helpful. They, uh, they talked about um, input numbers, outcome numbers, and impact numbers. And they talked about how in churches we tend to focus on input. Uh, pardon my phrase, but we, we often do this by talking about butts and bucks, right? So how many people are in seats um, and how many dollars are they giving? We tend to judge uh, the health of a church by looking at what is kind of the input. He said it's better if we can think about not just what goes into a church, but what's coming out of it. What's coming out of it. And we call that the, uh, he would call that the, uh, the outcome number. So our lives of the people whose tushies are in the seats, are their lives being changed and transformed? Right? And we can see that in these stories when we come and we offer ourselves uh, to God. That's our input. When we uh, find ourselves in a place of obedience, when we find ourselves in a place of following, when God sends us in a place and we go with God's Holy Spirit into all the places we live over. That's, that's, our, that's our input. Hopefully, that work is changing and transforming our lives like it changed and transformed the life of Paul. We can see, we can see input and we can see outcome from that. But there's a third category here that I think is worth us paying attention to. The third category is what he calls uh, impact. How our transformed lives are transforming our communities, the places that we live, work, and play. And the, the challenge in a church is that it's really, really easy to measure input. It's a little bit harder, but still maybe somewhat possible to measure uh, uh, output. But it's uh, it's almost impossible to... Uh, to measure impact, to measure impact, because it's happening in a way that is scattered. It's happening in a way that we we can't always see um, with our finite vantage point. Uh, and if it's happening, sometimes it feels like a little bit of an abuse of power to take credit for those things. And yet, I think we see over and over and over again that in every one of these times of pressing, in every one of these times of pressing the expansiveness of God's goodness has, has come to fruition. Uh, and maybe it's hard for us to see, again, from our limited vantage point where we are in our moment in history. But when we look back over the, the course of our spiritual family's uh, sort of history, as we watch those pajamas get passed down from generation to generation, we can see that in every time when we've been pressed, when we found ourselves faithful and obedient to the work in word of God, when we've placed ourselves in a position to be used by God, we've committed ourselves to that input. When we've allowed our hearts to be soft, uh, for our uh, our lives, uh, our hands to be open, our lives to be willing, like we're willing for our lives to be transformed. We've seen the work of God in our lives as outcome. Uh, we, we can see 
we can see looking back over the course of history the great impact that that has, happened, that that has had. We can see God's promise all the way back from Abraham that through the family of Abraham, all the families of the world could be blessed. We've seen that when God returned the exiles uh, to Israel, that it's through them that salvation in Jesus Christ has been offered to the entirety of the world. We can see that through the pressing of the early church, even though those days must have been dark and scary and fearful, that's through that scattering, it's through that scattering that Folks who were never included in the family of God were included, were brought in, grafted into the family of God by the work of Jesus Christ, that their lives were reshaped and reformed and made new and made beautiful. That is what Jesus calls the kingdom of God. And in every season when we find ourselves pressed, if we remain faithful and obedient input, we're willing for our lives to be transformed, outcome, uh, we get a chance to participate in the great impact of God's love in the world, that grace that gets passed from person to person. I think it's an, a contagious kind of grace. When we let the love of God transform us and people see us living our lives in that way, they want the same thing that we have. And so I, we may be, we may be now, we may be now uh, in a season of great pressing. Uh, but I'm holding on to the truth that there's an incredible blessing, not just for us, for sure, here at the church, but through the work that we do with God. There's a blessing for those who live in, around us in the places that we live, work, and play. And so I want to ask us, I think today while we're together, um, some questions that force us to, to have to think about this. So here are the questions that I'd like to ask. First, have you made it a point uh, to invest yourself here? Um, this is sort of input and outcome questions. Have you made it a point to invest yourself here at Fuquay Verena United Methodist Church? Uh, maybe you've been worshiping with us for five months. Maybe when you've been worshiping with us for five years, maybe it's 25 years and you kind of drifted away and you're thinking about drifting back in. Have you made it a point to get to know people here? It's like invest yourselves in meaningful relationships. Have you invested yourself in a community that can bolster your spiritual growth and help you along your, your journey of faith? Um, have you committed yourself to a, a season of being pressed in uh, by good, faithful friends who can help us grow in our faith? And have have you invited others into that? Have you invited your neighbors to attend worship with you or to participate in activities like Fall Fest, right, that's coming up? Um, have we committed ourselves to the input and outcome that's required in order for us to be used as a part of God's greater blessing in the world around us? And then my second question, and the question I really want to ask is, um, what's the impact? What's the impact of your life, right? What's your, the impact of your way of being in the world, in the places that you find yourself in your everyday, ordinary walking around life? By virtue of your presence in those places, um, what's being spread? Is the grace of God being spread, like Paul says, for your sake, all these things are happening so the grace of God could spread from person to person? What are you spreading in those places? My prayer for us as a church is that we never get caught up um, in butts and bucks, right? The the input of it all. Um, it's too light a thing. It's too light a thing for us even to celebrate the outcome of that, the lives that are being changed and transformed within our church here. It's too light a thing. It's a beautiful thing, but it's too light a thing because God always has a bigger blessing in store when through that input and that outcome, through what we offer to God, God makes big and beautiful and wonderful things happen in all the places around us. So this week, maybe let's think about our impact. Let's go scatter some goodness of God like glitter in all the places we live, work, and play. 
again, it's been great to worship together with you today. If you would like to engage your faith with the community around you, we'd love to partner with you in that. You can visit our website, fvumc.org, to find out more information on what that looks like or to reach out to us. I'd like to extend another invitation for you to come and join us online or in person on Sunday mornings live. Uh, And while you're on our website, uh, again, if this is a regular place that you find spiritual sustenance, we'd love to partner with you as we serve our community here in the greater Fuquaverina area. Um, FVUMC.org slash give would help you uh, join with us in all of the wonderful work that happens in and through this family of faith here at Fuquaverina United Methodist Church. It's been great to worship together with you, and we look forward to doing again soon.